Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Every time I say that I'm an angry person or that I struggled with rage in my first year of sobriety, people always laugh and say that they can't imagine it. Anger doesn't have to be outward and explosive, though. It can also be a deep, boiling rage that you stuff down inside and don't let anyone see. I've been triggered to drink a few times in my four years of sobriety, and every time I have one of those big triggers, I immediately feel intense anger. I wanted to understand more about anger and how to help people with it, so I got certified as an anger management specialist through the National Anger Management Association. I learned a lot from the process, and I want to share some of my learning with you today and moving forward in this podcast. So... Let's dig in. 
Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I am your host, Jill, and today we are talking anger. Whether you're an angry person like me or a regular person that's interested in anger. But before we begin, I want to provide a trigger warning. I'm going to mention self-harm and intimate partner violence in this episode. Most of my focus is going to be on anger in general, but there are many self-destructive ways that we attempt to manage our anger, and drinking is only one of them. Anger is a significant problem, but it's rarely talked about. Poorly managed anger is bad for our physical and mental health, and anger is not an isolated problem either. 87% of people with anger have at least one mental health condition compared to 39% of people without anger. Here's a breakdown. 43.7% of people with anger struggle with substance use disorder compared to 19.4% of people without anger. 21.5% of people with anger struggle with alcohol use disorder compared to 8.7% of people without anger. 35% of people with anger struggle with any mood disorder like depression, compared to 7.5% of people without anger. 46% of people with anger struggle with anxiety, compared to 13.8% of people without anger. 23% of people with anger struggle with PTSD, compared to 5% of people without anger. And 11% of people with anger struggle with ADHD, compared to 1.8% of people without anger. People with anger are more likely to have gone through some really bad stuff in their lives too. It's a lot of data to break down, but basically people with anger are anywhere from two to four times more likely to have experienced childhood adverse events like physical, verbal, or sexual abuse, neglect, growing up with a parent that struggled with alcohol or drugs, and experiencing adverse adult events like sexual assault, being physically attacked, or living with a spouse who has a problem with alcohol. So there's a lot that's behind an angry person. There's a lot of pain, and there's a lot of hardship. I've told the sunglasses story on here a few times, so you, hopefully you've heard it because you've been listening to my other episodes, but if you haven't heard it, when I was five days sober for the first time that I quit, I broke my old cheap sunglasses and I flipped the frick out in front of my family. It was probably very embarrassing and weird for them all to see. I couldn't handle anything back then. When I quit for good, I had intense rage for the first year, and I couldn't understand why I was so angry. I had a lot of resentments, too. I resented people for not helping me while I was drinking, even though, honestly, there was probably nothing they could have done. And I was pissed that other people could drink and I couldn't. It was so unfair. And that's a huge trigger for anger, too, feeling like things are unfair for you. What I've heard from some people is that they get constantly annoyed in sobriety by little things, and they can't tolerate anybody's crap. This is normal, but it's important for us to eventually be able to do two things. First, not exist right below our anger threshold all the time. 
And second, identify our anger triggers and discover why they are so triggering. The anger trigger is very important, but your emotional state and well-being are equally as important, like getting your shirt caught in the door and flipping out or breaking your sunglasses. If you're anxious or chaotic, then you're going to respond to anger triggers a lot differently than if you're calm. Anger is called a secondary emotion because it never exists by itself. And anger is often accompanied by pain. And it's called pain's bodyguard sometimes. So you feel pain, but that makes you feel too vulnerable to experience. So you get angry instead. So you don't have to feel the pain, but you don't have to be stuck in this anger cycle forever. I broke my new favorite sunglasses on the go a few months ago. They looked so good on me, but they were discontinued, so I couldn't replace them. Instead of flipping out, I laughed, and it felt so good not to be controlled by minor annoyances anymore. And that is totally possible for you too. If you're an angry person like me, then you may have the following six qualities. A low frustration tolerance, which is what we were just discussing with the sunglasses. You're easily irritated and you can't handle minor frustrations. Two, you're judgmental and critical. You can be very competitive and adversarial and you believe that you know how things should be done and you expect everyone else to behave that way. You may also judge the crap out of yourself too. Three, perfectionism. You're never good enough, and you either procrastinate or go as hard as possible. Four, all or nothing thinking. There are many different forms of destructive thinking, and this is one of them. You'll learn the rest if you take anger management with me. All or nothing thinking is like the newly sober people you see in Facebook groups that are going to the gym every day. They're going to go gluten-free, never eat sugar again, go to a daily meeting, and they commit to too many things, which overwhelms them and causes them to quit. They either go hard on being healthy or they go hard on blowing up their life. Number five, poor communication. And maybe this is one you have not identified in yourself, but you don't listen well. And maybe you've tried to talk to people in the past, but you've given up. That is a big one for me. A lot of times if I have an issue with someone or someone hurt me, it's way easier for me to cut them out of my life or have the relationship be changed for good than to try to discuss it with them. I feel like it's not worth it. Communication skills are important for getting our needs met so that we don't build resentments and so that we don't feel overstressed and exist right below our threshold all the time. And number six, addiction. You struggle to stop things once you've started. A 2016 study looked at the relationship between anger and substance use treatment outcomes and found that people with high levels of anger are more likely to struggle with alcohol or other drugs. They also found that 80% of the participants who had high levels of anger also struggled with depression. Addiction and anger are buddies. The thing about anger is that we use it to feel more powerful so that we can avoid feeling vulnerable and small. If you're quick to get angry like I am, 
then you may be doing that because you can't feel angry and small at the same time. So it's better to just feel angry. Deep down, anger is about not getting your needs met. It's a secondary emotion, like I said, because it never exists by itself without another feeling. Usually that feeling is pain and we push the pain aside because feeling angry is easier. When we drink, we make it impossible to deal with our anger because drinking numbs feelings and removes them from our awareness. So you may be coming into sobriety with years or decades of unresolved anger like I was. A 2018 review published in Psychological Violence concluded that people with a low frustration tolerance will use impulsive behaviors to attempt to regulate their emotions because they struggle to commit to long-term solutions. Alcohol and violence are two examples of impulsive behaviors that can quickly relieve frustration. Violence doesn't have to be towards others. It can be towards the self or towards other objects as well. A 2019 study found that wall punching was strongly associated with a feeling of relief afterwards. And research has found that getting this relief is the most common reason that people provide for punching walls or for other forms of non-suicidal self-injury. It's the same thing. If you're an angry person or you have an intense negative emotion, when you drink or even when you pour that first drink, you're overcome with intense relief. This is because our emotions are too big and we don't have the tools to cope with them. An emotion becomes too big when it's stuffed down, avoided, or when we let things build up all day long. Self-harm can also happen for self-punishment or anti-dissociation too. It doesn't always have to be for emotion regulation. And women are more likely to engage in self-harm than men are, but self-harm will frequently occur in male veterans with PTSD too, for example. A 2015 study looked at non-treatment-seeking veterans and found that 14% of them reported deliberate self-harm. If you know a little bit about my story, then you probably remember that I didn't start drinking until I was 22. And that may seem really weird because so many problem drinkers start drinking at 13 or 15. But I didn't wait so long because I was doing well in life. It's just because I was doing other self-destructive things to attempt to cope. I just kept dabbling in different things to attempt to manage my emotions. But once I discovered alcohol, I was hooked. It did the best job. And nothing triggers me to drink like being angry because that's when that relief feeling is the most intense. And if you're seeking out relief, it's because you don't know how to cope. You don't know how to ease your pain and suffering yourself. You have to go outside of yourself to relieve the feeling and bring down the intensity. And that's not sustainable. And since we're talking about violence, I do want to mention intimate partner violence. I have an article on my website where you can read more about that too if you're interested. I'll link it in the show notes for you. And this article contains many of the studies that I just explained. But alcohol and anger management issues are not an excuse for anyone's behavior, and alcohol itself doesn't cause violence. Alcohol decreases our inhibition of our impulses, that's all. So it makes the barrier 
to being violent much lower. However, I bring this up because a 2022 study published in Drug and Alcohol Dependence found that intimate partner violence treatment programs had the same therapeutic outcome for men who struggled with alcohol use as men who didn't. And this is thought to be because these programs, although they don't specifically target alcohol use because it's not an alcohol program, they focus on empathy and emotion regulation skills training, and that helps reduce the drinking too. In my mind, it's all very similar. We have no coping skills. We don't take care of ourselves. We let things build up. We avoid our feelings. We struggle to communicate our needs and boundaries to others, and we have a low tolerance for discomfort. And because of this, we can't handle life. So we have to find something outside of ourselves to help. Some people prefer alcohol, some prefer disordered eating, some prefer gambling, and others will use alcohol and or violence against themselves or others to get their needs met. And also, anger doesn't have to come with violence every time. And that's what an anger management program is all about. It's helping you identify the need that you're trying to meet with your anger to learn how to tolerate discomfort, and to develop coping skills so you can manage the things that happen in your life without having it push you to urgency. Because once the feeling becomes urgent, it's very hard not to do something impulsive about it to make it go away or to bring down the intensity. A 2017 study looked at relapse and found that relapsers had higher levels of trait anger and poor anger expression. High anger predicted less abstinent days. People with high levels of trait anger felt like they were being treated unfairly often, and they experienced a lot of frustration, which led to more drinking. So it's really important to manage your anger when you quit drinking or it's going to increase the likelihood of relapse. If this resonated with you and you want to work with me on your anger, then please visit soberpowered.com anger or grab the link in the show notes. My first group starts on February 1st and I'll be running it most months of the year. I'm really passionate about anger and making a difference in this and teaching people coping skills, but other options for you are therapy and getting in community with other people like you because you'll learn coping skills from their examples too. So whatever you do, I hope that this has at least identified an area that you need to work on and brought it to your awareness. And I will talk to you in the next one. It's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. 
We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.